Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the 5-0 Show. I'm Jamie Rothschild, the host of the show. And belated, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Welcome back. We finally have guests back in studio. So before we get started, thank you to Bonneville for this time each and every week. Thank you to Ed, our very patient producer. And thank you, most importantly, to you, the listening audience. Not just for listening to the show, but for supporting the Silent Witness program. If you want to learn more about Silent Witness, please check out silentwitness.org or you can call 480-WITNESS. If you have information that leads to the arrest of an unsolved felony crime, you could get cash. So check out signowitness.org to make your community safer. Today we're joined by two guests, both never having met each other previously. Lieutenant Jeff Pierce from the Phoenix Police Department, Maryvale Precinct. LT, thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thank you. And Officer Barry Bridell from the Surprise Police Department. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much for having me. You, you both have something in common. You both strongly believe in leadership. Now, the reason I say you've never met before, we didn't pre-script this, and I think it's pretty cool when we have people in law enforcement come and talk to the community. We find out we have a lot more in common uh, than, than we do that, that divides us. There's so many common traits that lead people to serve in the police department, whatever patches on your shoulder. Uh, Barry, I got a chance to meet you several months ago. I didn't realize that you were still serving in addition to the police department, but in the military as well. What drove you to enter the world of law enforcement? Well, uh, my mother and father both served as Philadelphia police officers. My father did 32 years. My mother did 17. She also worked in dispatch. So I had two great role models in that aspect. Um, My older sisters, both are military as well, Army and Air Force. And, um, you know, growing up in Philadelphia, not the easiest place to grow up. Uh, You learn a lot of tough lessons and things like that. But what drove me is my passion to actually get out and uh, see some different things. And with my sister being in the Air Force and seeing how it it improved her life, I decided to join and 17 years later, still doing it. How did you wind up here in Surprise and particularly for the Surprise Police Department? Uh, I actually got stationed at Luke Air Force Base uh, back in 2009 after serving in Japan. And uh, it was about 2014 when I saw an opportunity to go to the academy and uh, become a police officer. It was always a passion of mine. But uh, as I was younger, my father told me I was not going to be a police officer in Philadelphia. Uh, once I saw the opportunity out here, put myself to the academy, got hired with surprise. Um, didn't quite line up as far as uh, timing because the military still needed me. But surprise held on to me. And once I was able to get released, I, I joined up and you know, been doing it ever since. You know, you bring up something really very important. Uh, and last time Tommy uh, Hale was here, the public information officers were surprised. Um, we were talking about some plugs for the agencies. But um, I always tell people, if you're looking for a career in law enforcement and you want to maintain your career in the military, Arizona does it right. They honor both and they work with you on fulfilling both of the commitments and the dual roles. Have you found that to be true? Yes, sir. Um, It's funny you mention it because I actually have drill weekend coming up this Saturday and Sunday, and I'm able to go fulfill my duties serving my country and then right back to it on Monday. Well, if I don't say thank you a thousand times by the end of this this interview, I truly do appreciate you. Uh, You have made me feel welcome and and everything we worked together uh, and the service to the community and country. We appreciate you. Uh, Lieutenant Jeff Pierce, we're going to talk in a moment about leadership. You and I have worked for the Phoenix Police Department for 20-something years. 
And it's only when we were really heading up leadership programs that I kept hearing your name over and over and over. I did not know that you have such a passion for leadership. So before we talk about that passion, can you talk a little bit about how you got into law enforcement? Yeah, of course. It was by God's hand. I was 21 and wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I hated seeing people uh, getting taken advantage of. And I was clean. I was always did the right thing for the most part. I'm human, of course. So I decided to take a leap of faith, uh, took the test. I was in good shape and got on right away. Uh, I knew I wanted to do something in leadership from the very beginning. Uh, In the academy, they ask you what you want to do. And I said, something in leadership. I didn't know how that looked, but that's how I got into it. But it's led me perfectly throughout my life. You said the academy, and I'm looking at your serial number. How many years ago was that? 27. And to this day, you still believe in and practice the art, the craft, and the learning of leadership? Of course, yes. You you have a signature line on your emails that leaders aren't born, they're made. And I think that flies in the face of what a lot of people believe. Can you talk about that? Most definitely. I think especially in the law enforcement community, just the, the field itself, you hear that all the time. Leaders are born. Through the research that I've done, through all my schooling and through my experiences, you can have the attributes of an effective leader, which might be a high IQ, charismatic, driven, persevere. However, that doesn't always manifest into leadership. And that's where they're made is through coaching, mentorship, leader, uh, leadership training, formal schooling, whatever it may be. It manifests into an effective leader, which is the bottom line is I care for others and I care about your well-being and I want you to be comfortable here and I'm here to develop you. Don't laugh at this, but I used to, when I watched Rocky movies, when I was in shape, Apollo Creed once said to Rocky, uh, you may fight great, but I'm a great fighter. And I always looked at leadership. Uh, I was never a great leader, and I'm certainly not even, ever close. I surrounded myself with folks that I consider great natural leaders, but I also have a lot of people in my life, uh, and I hope that I become one of them, people who've tried very hard to develop the art and craft of leadership. Uh, you can certainly learn much more and get better than where you are right now. Typically, people don't say that. We look at the natural gifted leaders who make it look easy, and we focus on them. You probably have success stories because I've watched as you developed uh, officers taking the sergeant test, sergeants taking the lieutenant test, and even our professional staff. You don't hold your cards close to the test when it comes to developing other leaders. Why is that? One thing that I've seen, I think, again, in the police profession, not just this organization, is that people typically reach out into their in-groups, and they pull those people close. And I saw that going through the ranks, and I thought, why is that? Why aren't we sharing our wealth of knowledge with everybody? And it goes, it's a win-win situation. Think about it this way. If I'm helping everybody, the masses, and not the in-group like some people think, and let's say that person doesn't get to a sergeant or homicide or SAU, whatever it might be, but from my mentorship, my tutoring, my development, helping them get better, they're a better officer. Or they're a better person. They're a better professional staff. And it's a win-win. So in, for a profession where someone could literally, literally save our lives, we don't want to help that person get better. We should be helping them. It's a win-win whether they advance to that level they want to be or they're just better in their current position. It's a win-win. 
and you and I have talked a lot about this. It's it's not necessarily a malicious thing in any career. It's that we just happen to know the people in our circle. We want to help people. We care about them. We know them. Um, and you probably have had similar uh, situations. And I'll use Barry as, as an example. When I met Barry, I'm always amazed at the amazing men and women who stand behind the badge to do this job. And there's a ton that I don't know. But I always walk away from those encounters going, wow, we have some really talented people. And it's not that I wouldn't have helped them naturally. I just didn't know who they were. So you must have similar situations because you work with a lot of newer officers where you walk away from those encounters saying, I'm really optimistic about the future of law enforcement. Definitely. And I can say anecdotally, the last three years, we have put on sergeant processes at the Maryville Precinct. And what I do is we take everybody within the precinct and outside of the precinct, especially this last time, we have a lot more outside of the precinct in these in this mentorship word caught on. Yeah, exactly. And I get people ask me, I'm digressing a little bit, but they ask me, why didn't I know about this? I try to do this holistically as a department. It, it didn't succeed. So I do it locally at my precinct. I've had great commanders who support it. And what we do is we take all the talent, all the leadership talent within the precinct. We have the initial classes. We talk about the written tests, the practical test, and then we put them through practical, practical applications, what they're going to see in the test. And we're developing them not just for the position, but the role of a leader. And then we carry that through. And then we have a world board class at the end. And the first two years, I'm proud to say that out of about 12 or 13 people who participated in our process, Almost all but one or two made it each time. And now this time it's much more robust and we have about 20. So I'm hoping to get high percentage as well through this. Uh, the numbers are, are impressive. One of the things that someone told me years ago when I was preparing for the sergeant's process was don't answer in the position you're in, answer the position that you want to be in. Um, that sounds very intuitive probably for most people. It never occurred to me. And it changed the way I prepared. So you're right. The whole a candle is never dimmed by lighting other candles is is absolutely true. Uh, Barry, you, you've learned, you've honed your leadership craft in the military. How in the world do you apply that day to day as your role as a police officer? Uh, you're out in the community, you're making connections, you're working with your peers. Is natural is leadership just a natural thing for you, or is that something that you have to find ways to to infuse in your job? Well, just like the lieutenant said, um, it's something that we may have characteristics of. But they are refined by the training that we go through, the classes, the seminars, whatever it is that you use to hone in those skills. And for me, my biggest thing as far as leadership has been my world travels, going to other countries, seeing how they operate and interacting with different cultures and understanding how to connect with the person. A true leader never has to thump his chest and remind people of what their rank are. And, you know, that when you're able to connect with people and they naturally want to do the things that you're asking, that's better than telling somebody any day of the week. Um, and being able to uh, be a part of different units, different career fields and things like that, I have uh, been able to, you know, pull little pieces from it and, you know, just apply those to different things with the community members. Obviously, surprise, we're a melting pot. We have military, retired. We have families from all over the place, people constantly flowing in from California and all the you know, states around us. And just being able to kind of take a step back and really listen to what it is that they have going on and connect makes a bigger impact than just saying, hey, I have a badge. You have to listen to me. 
you said something brilliant and and it, and it embodies leadership. It's so much easier to lead people than to push them into compliance, than to demand, than to thump your chest, as you mentioned. I thought that was a, a great point. This is uh, this is probably not a fair question, but I'm going to ask you both. LT, I'm going to start with you. You've dedicated over 20 years to this agency, serving the citizens, the community of Maryville, the officers, the employees, their families. At some point, you're going to retire. What do you want your legacy to be, and what do you want to be best remembered as? I think that segues nicely into what you had just spoke about. It's influence versus compliance. So I'm actually writing a book on that right now. So influence versus compliance are... Are people following you because they want to willingly or because they have to, otherwise they would get into trouble. And that's what I want to be remembered by. That's what I want my legacy to be is that I was a true leader. It was because people trusted me. It's because people knew the person I was and I was there for them. I cared for them. I was there to get them to where they should be for minimum standards and to get them to where they want to go professionally and personally. So that's what I want to re- be remembered by is a great leader, but more so a great person. And that I helped push this department, my precincts, the whole city to the best they can be as a leader and as a person. It's about others. It's well worded. Barry, what, what would you like your legacy to be? Uh, I want my legacy to be something that people, is they don't remember me for a position. They remember me for my impact. Um, the same thing when it comes to my children. I want my children to remember me for what dad did, you know, and I've had citizens or even people that I've arrested tell me that I've been one of the nicest police officers they've ever met. And it's because I understand that, you know, people break laws and things like that, but they're still a human being. So when we can treat people with respect, that tends to go a lot long, a lot further than Again, just do what I say because I said it. So I uh, I enjoy the um, the the ability to be able to talk to folks and you know just help them out as much as I can. And I think that that's the legacy that I want to lead is what I did for the community, not necessarily what I got for myself. Thank you both for being here. Thank you to add our producer to you, the listening audience. Until next week, stay safe. You've been listening to Five O Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.